Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm just joined by Jack today, and we had an amazing week of college football again. Uh, we are going to be doing our normal routine. We're going to be going through um, our last week's recap, and then we're going to uh, give our predictions for some of the games next week. Okay, first of all, let's you know start what? off. I just want to say I love college football. This has been such a nice like. It's great. Week. Like, and and you know what? It's the only thing I'm looking forward to that's keeping me going right now is college football. I'm sitting here in Ann Arbor. It's pouring rain every single day. It's terrible. I have to walk out in suits at night for interviews, and it's pouring rain. And, you know, there's nothing more demoralizing than walking a couple miles to your interview in the pouring rain in a suit. Really yeah, I'm bad. Su- I'm super demoralized here in L.A., too, with all our uh, oh, beautiful sun. And, uh, <laughs> I, okay, well, my, our game was pretty demoralizing, so we'll talk about that, so. All right, yeah. let's get into it. Most surprising. Uh, I will go first. My most surprising is uh, – I was kind of busy, so I didn't get to watch as many of the games I would have liked. I did watch Alabama against Florida. And honestly, we did not see the typical domination we've seen from Alabama in the past couple of weeks as well as years. I mean, Florida ended up losing by two points. You know, a few, they were a field goal away. A field goal away. Uh, they closed it up a little bit in the end of the game after Bama took a 21-3 to lead. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it was interesting that Nick Saban and uh, the Crimson Tide were able to let Florida, obviously a very talented team, as we've talked about, but they let them back into the game. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Florida, Florida's run game was non-existent in the first half, and that's why they were down by a couple of touchdowns. But then in the second half, they started to rely on more. They started using Emory Jones um, and his legs because – in all honesty, he just did not have a great first half. But Alabama's defense looked mortal against the run in the second half. And, you know, if there wasn't a missed extra point earlier on in the game, Florida would have been uh, kicking an extra point to tie instead of, ha- instead of having to go for two um, to oh, tie the game. Right. So I'm very impressed with Florida, honestly. Um, Bama showed up in the first half, but uh, the adjustments by, by Florida on the offensive side, holding the ball, um, their defense was uh, able to kind of contain Bryce Young a little bit more. And I thought Bama kind of made a mistake in the third quarter by becoming more conservative, which I don't think you're going to see that from this team again. So, yeah. um, you know, usually Bama will have one of these games every year. Last year it was against Ole Miss where it's a close, a little bit of a closer match against a team that they're just better than. And, and you know, Florida's a good team. They are a top 10 team. But they're not. But, they shouldn't have played Bama that close. No. And, um, again, people have to remember, Bryce Young, this is just his first year starting. Uh, I feel like everyone always expects uh, these quarterbacks to go into Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and just be incredible like the, like the uh, quarterback for them. And we'll talk about this again. But just because you go to those schools and you're a highly recruited quarterback does not mean you're going to give them the same amount of production that you had when you had quarterbacks like Justin Fields at Ohio State or Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, it's just different. We really and have seen it across the board with DJ and Stroud as well. And listen, we've, we've seen it with Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, too. Yeah, yeah. And he started, too. Yeah, he's the, been less than ideal. The, the last thing I'll say about this game is that uh, important to note, we talked about the whole Emory Jones-Anthony Richardson last week, and uh, Anthony Richardson – did not play any snaps to quarterback, but he was. I think he was dealing with with a shoulder injury of some sort. Really, of some okay. sort. That's yeah. Interesting. So he, it was interesting. Florida could keep it that close even without you know using him. So. Listen, that might have won Emory Jones the starting spot. 
until until he blunders again. Um, so good, good on him for that. Way to keep that game close. My most surprising thing, and it's not just last week, but kind of looking at the first part of the season as a whole, is you have three uh, – actually, more, you have a couple of undefeated Big Ten teams. I almost forgot our Rutgers there. Um, and they're not, they're, they're not really the ones you think about. It's, it's Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, who's, who's been looking incredible. Um, Rutgers, and I'm probably missing one, so don't come after me. But, I mean, the – oh, Maryland. There it is. Right. Uh, the, big, the Big Ten East is looking tough, and Ohio State's sitting there with a loss. Uh, again, Ohio State played Oregon, so that is to be expected. But for the second straight week in a row, their defense looked less than elite. I should say um, Toledo was really able to kind of control a lot of that game, which um, Ohio state ended up winning by two touchdowns, but it was definitely close than it looked. So I don't know. I, I feel like the, the big Ten's a little bit surprising just because Ohio state's not looking as dominant and schools like Michigan state Rutgers and um, Maryland have been looking really good. So I'm interested to see um, when these teams actually have to play each other. Of course we have a couple of those games yeah. this week. But yeah, that, that, that should well, make. We'll talk for... about the individual teams later, but I agree as a whole with what you're saying. Is that fair? So, some other big takeaways, uh, sort of, you know, leading in right from what you just said about Ohio State. Uh, but we've really seen in college football this sort of domination by four or five schools Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, you know, and occasionally Notre Dame or LSU or somebody else will slide in there. But you think that we are really, you know, a lot of people were critiquing this whole idea of the 14 college football playoff because of how dominant some of these teams have been. But this year, we've really seen, you know, Clemson struggle, Ohio State have some struggles, Bama played Florida close, Oklahoma have some close games against Tulane and this week. Uh, what do you think? Listen, I think you can attribute it to the fact that when these teams were, were really elite, they had elite quarterbacks. And you had guys like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. You had, I mean, Bryce Young at Alabama's Bryce Young at Alabama. He's incredible. So we're, we're, we're going to keep Alabama out of this. But uh, at Oklahoma, you had guys like uh, Kyler Baker. But I think the problem is just that the quarterback talent in this quarterback draft yeah. class is just not as good. And so I, I don't think we've been spoiled so, in the past. The last three, four draft classes yes. have been crazy at quarterback. We've been 100% spoiled. Um, and another kind of aspect that we could think about uh, when we're looking at like why these teams are starting off slow is I think the COVID year actually does have an effect. Um, a lot of times you see that you that players opt out of the COVID year and go straight to the draft of these elite teams. Um, and you saw teams like Penn state who had players who might've gone to the draft last year actually want to come back because of the um, weirdness of, of the season. Uh, I know like you have DeMar Dotson, who's, great wide receiver for Penn State who actually caught a couple of touchdowns against Auburn this weekend. He was going to go to the draft last year and he had to decide, decide to come back just because he didn't yeah, have a full season. True. So that's happened with all these like middle of the pack teams. You see Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson of Michigan. He was going to be a first round draft pick last year and, and he decided to come back this year just because he wants that actual season. At the elite, elite teams, you don't really have that effect. You had guys sitting out um, and leaving the draft. Um, but then again, it, something could just be said that the quarterback position is not as generational. It doesn't hold those generational talents as we've seen a couple of years ago. 
anything else you've seen from uh uh like specifically from teams that you would point to as as fixes yeah. that they need to make? I mean, like one we've been mentioning, but is like the quarterback situation, like at Clemson. I think uh, DJ, I'm not even gonna try his last name. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. Uh, has just been. Wait, I'm gonna like, try real quick. Hold up, DJ Uingalalele. That was it. Okay, sure. Yeah, there's and like I, silent L's. It's really weird. For three games, this is about to be shocking. And they played like one of these teams was South Carolina State, where they scored 49 points against, almost all on the ground. He's thrown for one touchdown in three games, and this gigantic quarterback prospect at a playoff level team with a QBR of 43.7. That is horrid. Listen, I mean. Here's the question, though. How much of that falls on the offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott? And how much of that is just DJ himself? I mean, so I, I think you can blame both parties here. If you watch the Georgia Tech game, that game was a terrible offensive matchup. And Georgia Tech's a really bad team. They are bad. They lost to Northern Illinois. They are very bad. Okay? I mean, I And that game, Georgia Tech I, had the opportunity to tie that game. They're on the two-yard line, down by a touchdown. My my base all the whole year. I don't think that Clemson and Ohio State compete with Bama, and you know, doing fourteen to eight against Georgia Tech. That's legit unacceptable. I don't think Clemson is a college football playoff team after having already lost the game to Georgia. Fine, I'll ask you this then. I'll ask you this: Does anyone from the ACC go to the playoff? Because I, I don't believe Clemson loses a game in the ACC, and so are you going to leave them out with one loss to Georgia? I mean, like. It's just, I think, here's, here's my thing. We're going to see how the rest of the season takes out. I think Oregon is going to dominate the Pac-12. I think they're going to get a spot. I think Bama and Georgia are both going to be locked because I think Bama's going to go undefeated, and Georgia's going to have one loss to Bama, which leaves the fourth spot open for a team like an undefeated Oklahoma because I don't think, I'm not totally sure, but I don't think they really have anybody on their schedule besides maybe Iowa State. So, so uh, what, what makes you say that, that Oklahoma should get in if they're not playing anyone that Big 12 schedule? I mean, if they go undefeated and they beat Iowa State, uh, I, I don't know. It, we're better than a one-loss uh, Clemson team that's lost I and mean, only beat Georgia State. And, six, and what about this? What about this? What about if Florida ends up stealing a game against Georgia? And then Georgia Georgia ends up losing to Bama. Now Georgia has two losses. We'll say Florida I don't think, I don't think a two-loss loss. Georgia team is a playoff game. I also okay. think there's a good chance that either Iowa or Penn State could end up being a, a one-loss Listen, game. listen. I'm putting on the tinfoil hat now. What about two Big Ten teams in the playoff? Why can't no. that happen? I get the two SEC. We've had two ACC with Clemson and Notre Dame. Why can't we do two Big Ten? Like, you think Ohio State and Iowa? Listen, or I mean- if Iowa runs the table, okay, gets the spot in the West, they would, have, they, would have win, they would also have a win over Iowa State non-conference, which is important. Yeah. I don't think Iowa's going to run the table. Let's say they do. You can look at their schedule. It's, it's pretty favorable. They don't play Michigan. They don't play Michigan State. And I don't think they play Ohio State. So their crossover games are really favorable. Okay. Iowa runs the table, goes to the Big Ten championship out of the West. Okay. The East is either a Penn State team or an Ohio State team who either has one loss or no losses. Okay. If it's Ohio State, they win. They'll have one loss to Oregon. And then if Penn State goes, again, this is only week four. I don't know what we're doing here, but. Hear me out. Hear me out. I think the winner of the Big Ten Championship is going to be a playoff game. So you're going to leave out a one-loss Iowa with their only loss being either Penn State or Ohio State, who at that point ran the table. 
if Penn State goes undefeated and then Iowa has one loss to Penn State, then and, and let's say, and let's let's see the SEC. Let's say the second best SEC team only at, or the second Here's best the SEC team. I don't, team I don't two see losses. two Big Ten teams in it. If they both have one loss, i.e. if it's Ohio State and then Iowa or Penn State. If it's Ohio State, yeah, if, I, if, I, like, if either Iowa or Penn State goes undefeated, I think the scenario is like becomes more plausible. Okay. I, that's just a little mind trick. I, I yeah. Was, I watch. Yeah, I was going to lose. More. I was going to literally lose this week. Okay. <laughs> We're going to. Let's let's move on. Okay, let's do one of my favorite segments. Best individual player you saw over the weekend. All right. So I I was at the UCLA and Fresno State game in Pasadena. It was an awesome experience. Super exciting game. Totally thought we had it until the 48 second drive where they took it 75 yards down the field to ruin our season. But the Fresno State wide receiving core was really good. They hurt. I mean. Uh, led by Jalen Cropper, 141 yards on 40 re- 14 receptions and a touchdown. Uh, I believe he was also the guy who just absolutely mossed one of our quarterbacks. Uh, in general, it was just, I don't know, maybe this was a big problem with our defensive scheme, but like we were just nowhere near any Fresno State guys. Like they would run slants and like we would be 15, like UCLA's corners were 15 yards back. I, I thought it, I was really impressed by, by that. But I have Listen, to mention. What a- what about Jake Hayner, who is who is the best quarterback in the country currently? Throwing <laughs> he's he's first in yards, fourth in really? touchdowns, only has one interception this season. Take? You like give him he the Heisman, four hundred fifty-five yards, but like he missed a lot of open receivers. Like this game should not have been close. If he was hitting guys, he would have legit thrown for six hundred yards and just like our defense was horrible. Like. I think he played well, but I don't know. Listen to this stat. He has 144 passing attempts so far in the season. 144. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. That, that is, is incredible. Fresno State's offense was, like, almost entirely, like, slant, check down. And, like, the only times he missed were, like, the balls downfield. Like, so, I, I don't know. It was interesting. Also, I would like to say I really appreciate the AP poll actually manning up and ranking Fresno State in the top 25. Much they deserved. It. They really Much deserved. deserved. They're, a, they're a legit team. I mean, UCLA played horrible, but Fresno State's good. Okay, uh, I'm going to go to my, I'm gonna go to my uh, best player of the weekend, which was uh, quarterback Sean Clifford of Penn State, who led his team in the whiteout environment to a win over Auburn. Um, he threw uh, t- for 280 yards, two touchdowns. He was 28 for 32 against an Auburn secondary that's probably better than anything they're going to face in the Big Ten, in all honesty. That secondary is really good. And he just uh, just tore him up and used the tight ends well. Um, he didn't take a lot of sacks. He just had a really solid performance. And then my honorable mention is, again, my, big te- my, uh, my best player from last weekend, Blake Corum who still leads the NCAA in all-purpose yards. He had uh, three more touchdowns this weekend. He had another 130 yards on the ground, and he's splitting carries with two other running backs. And by the way, those two other running backs, Hassan Haskins had three touchdowns, and Donovan Edwards had two touchdowns. So he's splitting carries. He's still averaging over eight yards for carry. Eight yards for carry. Are you kidding me? I think I can run for eight yards per carry in some of these teams. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. By the way, Northern Illinois, we, we said it. 
Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just held the Clemson Tigers to 14 points. Okay. Whatever. So college football is completely crazy. This year. Yeah, you know the crazy thing? Zach Charbonnet, the UCLA's top running back, transferred from Michigan. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of nuts. The, the last thing before we go to the next section is my honorable mention, DJ Graham. I don't know if anyone saw that interception from Oklahoma. Not only was that maybe probably the best interception I've ever seen in top pro or college, I think he might have been the best catch I've ever seen. That's the best catch. Insane. Like, and if listen, you have now watched it, pause podcast, go on YouTube, look up DJ Graham interception. It's ludicrous. Oh, yeah. This is what's also funny, though, because in that situation, it actually would have been like, Football-wise, it would have been a better play to just let it drop because of, of the yardage and the downs. And Lincoln Riley in his post-game presser said that if he had a challenge, he would, like, challenge the, the cat, whatever. It was a whole big thing. Anyways, that's great. Great play. Honestly, incredible. Like, please watch that if you haven't seen that already. Um, yeah. One of the best football plays you'll see. And also, shout-out to Nebraska for keeping that game closer than it's – closer than we expected, okay? Nebraska really did show out. And, Really I, I might have some more Nebraska content coming up in the later in the podcast, but okay, let's move on to legit or fraud. We, we just keep changing the name every week, uh, see what fits, but it's the same segment as last weekend. Um, Cincinnati, we'll start off with them. They just came off a win against Indiana, and that was closer. That, that was definitely closer. Indiana looked like they had it. They had a questionable targeting call that ejected their best defensive player, but we're not going to go into that now. Is Cincinnati legit? Are, are, are they a team that in this crazy college football world with all these elite teams not looking as elite as normal, are they a team that can make some noise? Uh, you know, I last week I was high on them. After watching this Indiana game, I'm not so sure. Indiana was like one – was it was a fumble or interception on the goal line away from just winning this game. And Indiana, we've seen it play so badly against Iowa. I don't think Cincinnati survives Notre Dame coming up, but obviously we're going to talk about that later. I don't know if they'll even be Tulane or East Carolina later. What about you? So I came into the season. I've, I've liked Cincinnati. Um, and you, I'm going to disagree with you on, on the fact that the Indiana game, they should have lost. I mean, there's a lot of things that went their way in that game, but road games are always super tough, especially road games against a big Ten opponent. Um, that IU team has been – underwhelming to say the least, but that is not like a, a, a bad big 10 team. And Cincinnati came on the road. They faced adversity in the first half and they came out there with a win. So I'm, I still like Cincinnati in a top 10, top 10 range. I'm not ready to have them jump some of these other teams, but listen, as long as they keep winning, I'm going to keep like placing them on my top 10. Let's yeah. move on. Penn State, who some say is the, the, the best-looking Big Ten team so far. Are they legit? Are they frauds? Here's my thing. I think so far they may have been the best-looking best Big Ten team. My problem is their schedule. They have so, so much adversity coming up. Indiana, Iowa on the road, Ohio State on the road, Michigan at MSU. This is not going to be an undefeated team. There's just, it's just not going to happen. I think they're good. I think they're doing well. I don't think I, they're going to beat Iowa on the road. I, I very much, I very much agree with you. Okay. Um, I, I do like this team a lot more than past Penn State teams. 
just because of the the, the composition of, of the yeah. team. I think their secondary is a lot better than it usually is. Then again, like I think people are really sleeping on the Big Ten teams not named Ohio State, especially in the Big yeah. Ten East. I could see them dropping game to Maryland yeah, on the road. road for sure. I, I mean, of course, I could see them dropping game to Ohio State. So Ohio State's done this to everyone in the Big Ten. Um, I think Michigan's a much improved team. I, I think that game's gonna be tough. So I, think, I now, honestly think this is gonna be a three-loss game. Oh, that's a bold. That's a hot take. That's pretty I bold. Mean, okay, let's. They, they'll give, they're gonna beat Villanova. They're gonna beat Indiana probably. They're probably gonna lose to Iowa. They're probably gonna lose to Ohio State. And then I think they'll lose either at Maryland versus Michigan or at MSU. That's three right wow. there. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Now, what about Notre Dame? They have a big game coming up in Chicago, actually. Soldier Field between Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Yeah, that, that should be fun. Um, I'll start, actually, on this one. I, <laughs> Notre Dame is in a gray area between legit and frauds, okay? <laughs> I think I think a lot of people people's answer are going to be that they're frauds just because they've had a bunch of close games against not-so-good teams, including Florida State, who lost to Jacksonville State. Okay, we, we, we never talked about that last weekend, but Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. That program's in disarray. <laughs> That's a topic for another day, though. Um, Notre Dame, I, listen, I, I like this team. I, I think this team is going to end up doing a lot better than people think. I think they're going to go in and beat Wisconsin this weekend, which it, it, they're, I think Wisconsin's favored by five or so points. I think Notre Dame goes in there and wins. Um, but I'm, I'm not ready to call Notre Dame a legit team. And, and what I mean by that is I don't think Notre Dame's good enough to make a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to be Wisconsin, to be honest with you. I mean, they've had some close games. Purdue's obviously, like, that was, that, that's their best showing so far. I would, I would be honestly shocked. I, this is a very hot take. I think they're going to lose the next three games. Whoa. I think they're going to lose to Wisconsin. I don't think they're going to beat Cincinnati. And the next team's at Virginia Tech, which we've seen. So, so are, are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that Notre Dame is only going to win eight games this year, or so? You know, are you ready I mean, to do that? Uh, I, maybe, maybe they'll be a playoff team, and I'll get clowned. Maybe, maybe they'll lose two of the next three. But okay. I can see a possible situation in which they lose the next three games. Hell, they can lose to USC and UNC. They can get five win teams. Oh what man! We've seen so far, listen. Uh, Listen, uh, if, if this if this Notre Dame team loses to USC without a coach, it's, you know, that Jackson would Dallas and USC has been really good. That dude, that would know. be bad. That would be bad. That that's like disaster area if Notre Dame loses to USC. What's it's, Brian Kelly's contract like? <laughs> he's good. He's 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 standing. No, he's fine. All right. Anyways, we, my favorite team in college football besides my Michigan Wolverines. The Ole Miss Rebels, okay? Ole Miss, everyone, if you're not watching Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral play football and call plays, you have to tune in. That's must-watch television, okay? That is the best offense in college football. And you know what? I'm ready to say it. I'm ready to say it. Matt Corral is winning the Heisman Trophy, okay? And Ole Ole Miss is beating Alabama this year. Ole Miss is beating wow. Alabama this year. Write that down. This is this is honestly out of all the SEC teams. If I was Bama, I'm afraid of Ole Miss because they're the one school that can throw up 45 points no matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. That offense is explosive. Lane Kiffin is an offensive genius. Okay. USC got rid of Lane Kiffin. And you know what? They're probably thinking, wow, we could have had this offense in Southern California. I mean, you know what? How about this? Matt Corral threw for three touchdowns and rushed for four against a two-lane team that only lost by one score to Oklahoma. And listen, don't sleep on the Ole Miss defense. We talk a lot about their offense, but that's a really solid defense. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, Ole Miss on the 2nd, October 2nd, Ole Miss travels to Tuscaloosa. And I think think at Bama, I think Ole Miss is winning that football. I don't know about that, but mark it down. All right. Anyways, let's continue on. Well, let's do one of these schools. you, 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 have, you can have the choice, actually. Michigan State or BYU? Who is more legit than the other? Uh, you know, I think I like Michigan State. Uh, maybe this is just a Big Ten bias, an anti-Mormon. Not anti-Mormon. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> okay, well, they're, like, against the LGBT. You know what I mean. It's BYU. You know, the, the, the whatever. But Michigan we're, State. We're going to get reported on this. We're going to get reported. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I do not hate any religious group. Okay. I'm going to cut this out. I'm just going to cut it out. <laughs> so, Michigan State, Kenneth Walker Jr., absolute monster, or the third, whatever his name is. They've been playing really well. Still an undefeated team. I think they can make waves in the Big Ten. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Michigan State's a, a very good team. Um, and I don't like saying that. But I'm really excited for uh, Halloween night where Michigan's going to be playing Michigan State on East Lansing. That game should be – that game should be – honestly, if, if all goes accordingly, that's the first game probably since 2015 where both teams are actually good, um, wow. which is yeah. really difficult to say. But, no, this, this Michigan State team is – they're good. They um, – again, I'm not sure how much I can tell from their schedule so far. Miami – they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have sniffed the top top twenty five. That team was. That team's bad. That Miami team's bad. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk about the good teams on here. We never talk about the Florida States and Miamis. Like those teams are, <laughs> are completely in disarray. Okay? Over expectation, <laughs> under deliver. Yeah. But no, no, I definitely, I, I, I'm definitely scared of, of Michigan State. But the Big Ten East is so difficult because they have all these teams. They're going to beat each other up, and then Ohio State's going to come in, and they're going to look like Ohio State, and they're just going to win the conference again. It's a bad reality. It's a bad reality. We've been running a little long, so I think we should move on to predictions for this week. We can maybe keep this a little brief, too. Yes, let's Uh, move on. I just have have a couple of games highlighted. Let's start off um, in Jerry's world, Arlington, Texas. The old Southwestern Conference matchup before Texas had to ruin it. Texas A&M against Arkansas. Very interesting. This game's, this game's good. I'll start off with my prediction. I'm not high on, on Texas A&M at all. I, I don't think that they should even be in the top 10. I don't even think they should be in the top 15. Okay, and this Arkansas team is going to play physical. This Arkansas team is going to be able to run the football. They're going to be able to um, – uh, play well in the secondary. I like Arkansas to win this game. And you know what? I, I think that this is just one example of maybe some of these SEC teams being a little bit too high, highly rated over some of the other SEC teams. Like Arkansas and Ole Miss are not being talked about as much, and they should. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm with you on that row on A&M, but I definitely like Arkansas, too. They're at home. They've been really good. A&M did not look good against Colorado, and they just played some Bishop Sycamore-type team. Uh, yeah, I like Arkansas. Okay, let's move on to another game. This is out of the Big 12. This is a little bit more interesting. Uh, Iowa State against Baylor. And I, I put this on there because if you listen to the podcast last week, we kind of we kind of gave our opinions on Iowa State football, and they were they were less than ideal. But uh, honestly, I think Baylor wins this game at home. Um, I really think Baylor wins this game. And it's tough because Iowa State's a great story. They had, they had a historic season last year, but that's the problem with historic seasons is that you're never going to reach that point again. And I like Matt Campbell as a coach. I like Brock Purdy, great quarterback, but I'm just, I'm not seeing enough out of this Iowa State team to, 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 to allow me to pick them on the road against a solid Big 12 opponent such as Baylor. Look, they've had their struggles, but I, I'm sticking with Iowa State. I don't think Baylor's back. Okay. I don't think, I mean, yeah. Let, 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 let's, let's go to the battle of two powerhouse undefeated Big Ten East teams, and Ohio State's not one of them. Michigan against the infamous Rutgers, okay? <laughs> I will be at that game. It will, be, program. it will be pouring rain and about 45 degrees, okay? <laughs> this game is going to be Big Ten football. And you know what? This is a homer take, and I'm usually more down on Michigan, but Michigan is going to run the ball in the pouring rain. They're going to absolutely demoralize Rutgers' weakness, which is our offensive line, and I, I think Michigan wins this game, thirty-five to three. Uh, yeah, don't don't come and tell me Rutgers is a real program. They're undefeated. They're gonna Listen, they are undefeated, Jack. Shiano man, they took them to the three overtimes last year. Shiano's turned the program around. Okay, I like Michigan too. Good luck. Okay. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of my upset picks, actually. Another Big Ten matchup. The Nebraska Cornhuskers against oh Michigan my God. State. You are not about this. I'm going to do it. I'm feeling super bold this week. I think this is the week we see more and more top 25 teams lose. That's just been the way the season's worked out. And you know what? Michigan State's good, but I think they still have work to do. And I thought I saw a lot of improvement from Nebraska. Scott Frost is coaching for his job here. And, you know, that's dangerous. That's dangerous to go up against. Nebraska wins this game. They go on the road to East Lansing and no. ruin Michigan State's so far perfect, no, no, perfect no. season. Are, go Huskers. Michigan State is at home. You're just saying this because you're a Michigan guy. When I was at Nebraska, Illinois, sure, yes, they made progress against Oklahoma, you know, whatever. They were dismal against Illinois. They couldn't do anything. This is, this is the same team. They're not beating this rolling hot. Listen, I'm just gonna let you know that I'm rec- I'm like gonna like clip these. So when Nebraska and Ole Miss win their games, I can go back yeah. to this. I'm, I'm gonna okay. yeah. You 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 come when Notre Dame's a, a five win team. <laughs> okay okay. Uh, let's move on to another game. Uh, what do you what do you think? Let's go out west for a game. All right, well, what are your thoughts on Colorado against Arizona State? And Arizona State just lost to BYU, but I still think these are two interesting teams that uh, you, you might might be able to get a good money line bet here if, if you're going to go with Colorado. So I think Colorado's going to win. I honestly don't know. Like, I feel like this is such a toss-up because, like, we, we've only seen, like, 
Arizona State, like, you know, BYU was, like, the first pretty real team they played. Like, they didn't play very well, even though they were looking good the first couple weeks of the season. Colorado played A&M close, but then didn't they lose? They lost this week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I, I just – I don't know. I honestly think I'm going I'm to go to ASU. They're at home. I think they're more talented. But, uh, I, I mean, Colorado, what, just lost 30 nothing to a Minnesota team? Who, That's like, bad. Yeah. Sort of had their struggles. Uh I don't know, Colorado. I mean, maybe maybe it's just a thing when they're at home because, like, at a, I mean, I guess a, maybe A and is just bad. It is know. bad. Okay. I, I, I like. Well, let's do one more. Let's do one more. We'll do uh, UCLA against Stanford. Stanford beat USC. UCLA just lost a game um, on the road. What I like do you UCLA. Say? I like UCLA. You like, you like I think, UCLA? I think we fixed these coverages that just messed us up for Fresno State. I think a lot of the game was. Not, uh, I mean, it was it was Fresno State is, is underrated, and we should have. I mean, we probably shouldn't have won that game, but like we easily could have won that game. I don't think Sanford's talented enough, even on the road. I think we go and get the W. I'm gonna agree with you on that one, and I think that just about wraps up um, the podcast for today. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see y'all next week, uh, and happy football watching. <laughs> And go Huskers. So much. And remember, don't follow our predictions. That's the main, main yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that's the number one rule. <laughs> Whatever we okay. go the opposite. All right. All Thanks. right. Happy, happy football watching. Go Blue. Go Huskers.